Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. I'm your host, Bill Spohn. I've worked in the HVACR and building performance markets for almost 30 years and been interfacing with the fine team at ResNet for nearly the whole time. And whether you're a housing consumer, rater, builder, realtor, or appraiser, you want to hear about the evolving trends in home energy ratings, that's what we aim to do here at the ResTalk podcast. Now, with over 20% of all new homes being built in the U.S. receiving a HERS rating, this repository of data can allow important trends in the residential construction to be developed and discerned. Now, what does this data speak to in terms of the types of homes and types of buyers? Ryan Mears from ResNet joins us on today's podcast to walk us through what the data in the new Trends in HERS Rated Homes report tells us. We'll get a walk through the national, state, and even city-level trends which cover the basic characteristics of rated homes and even the building components in these homes. The report concludes with a first-of-its-kind look at the demographics of buyers of HERS Rated Homes based on a 2019 study conducted by the mortgage industry giant, Freddie Mac. There's a link in the show notes if you actually want to download the study itself. But let's listen in as Ryan breaks apart and gives us more details about this important study on data trends in HERS-rated homes. Ryan, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well, Bill. Thanks for having me back again. It's great to talk with you. Same here. So we have an interesting topic today, and then we're going to be talking about some data trends. And so this is a, a report that anyone can get access to, right? It's available on the ResNet site. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. You can get this off of the ResNet website under the resources tab. You'll be able to download the report looking at data trends in HERS rated homes for the year of 2019. To put together a report like this, what are the data sources? Where does it come from? For this report, all the data on HERS rated homes get entered into the, it goes into the ResNet National Buildings Registry. And that's where we get the data. That's where we pull it from in order to produce the data that we cover in the report. There's one other data source in this particular report in that we also look at some of the findings from a Freddie Mac study that was conducted last year, was published late last year. We look at some of their findings as well. And they had, they used data from the ResNet registry as well. We shared that data with them, but then they also use some data from some credit bureaus in order to complete that study. We can talk about that a little later. That was sort of like enriching or enhancing the data with other factors to blend together, which they could do from their position being Freddie Mac. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were able to look at some mortgage performance and home value based on uh, ResNet data and then their own data that they had. Right. And that's data ResNet would not have typically have access to. That's correct. Is this the first time this was done? Like, how did this all come about? Yeah, so this is the first year that we've done a kind of a high-level look at the data trends across HERS-rated homes. And it originally got started actually through our Suppliers Advisory Board. So the Suppliers Advisory Board is a group of companies and associations that provide products and services to the residential construction industry. And at one of the meetings, it was suggested that we look into this type of a report and providing these kind of trends that the members of the SAB were interested in. We provide them with other data as well, state-level data and other specific data projects that we do with the members of the Suppliers Advisory Board. So this came out of that, and we'll be doing this each year going forward 
as a benefit to SAB members and the general HERS rating industry. So as we kind of go through the report, I think that's what we'll do is we'll kind of just like cherry pick and kind of take a flyover through the report. So it breaks down ratings by state. What kind of nuggets would you gather from the ratings by state? Yeah. So one other data point, in ter- we do look at ratings by state and we mm-hmm. do use construction start data from the U.S. Census Bureau and that in order to get the percentages of HERS rated homes by state. And one of the real standouts this year or for 2019 was Massachusetts in that 85% of all new homes built in Massachusetts last year were HERS rated which was a phenomenal number. In Massachusetts, the numbers have been consistently growing there year over year. That was the real standout. But there's three other states, Arizona, Nevada, and Indiana, that all had more than 50% of the homes in those states HERS rated. What do you think drives that percentage? In the case of Massachusetts, they have the Green Communities Program, and they also have a state code that allows for HERS ratings for compliance. And so that's, I think, really one of the things that's driving it in Massachusetts. In some of the other states, you could, it's kind of a combination of utility incentives and also just builder competition. Builders have recognized that there is a big benefit in doing HERS ratings. It's great to be able to market the energy efficiency of their home to prospective buyers. And when one builder sees that this is an advantage, others may start to pick up on it over them. And I also noticed Minnesota's coming close to Minnesota and Colorado coming close to 50% too. Yeah. Anything particular yeah. going on there? So Colorado, they have a lot of builders, a large number of builders that are doing ratings there. And so I think it's a competition thing. They're also at some of the local levels, they do provide incentives for HERS ratings, which could be another driver. In most cases, it's a combination of incentives, local requirements, possibly code possibly the energy code that's driving in that direction. Many HERS raters get involved with builders who are using the performance path in the energy code for compliance. And since they're already doing that, providing that service for them, they can add a HERS rating on top of that because most of the stuff that they're going to have to do for code compliance, like a blower door test or duct leakage test, Mm -hmm. they're also going to need for their HERS rating. So it's not a big leap to go from energy code compliance for the performance path to a HERS rating. They're using the same modeling software to do the performance path compliance as they will to do a HERS rating. Got it. Do you know the total number of homes that were rated in 2019? It was just shy of 242,000. That represents basically 100,000 more ratings than were done in 2013 when the national buildings registry was started. That was our first full year of getting HERS ratings in the registry. So it was about 100,000 more than then. And we've had eight consecutive year-over-year increases in HERS ratings. Wow. So let's take sort of the next slice of the data and HERS ratings by city. What did you see? What do you see there in the study and what does it tell you? It kind of tracks with where most residential construction is happening in the U.S. And we look at the top city four ratings last year was San Antonio with over 4,000. And Las Vegas was not far behind with just under 4,000 ratings. But in general, the cities that kind of fill out the top 25 are going to be in Texas, Nevada, Arizona, and Florida. That's really the majority Mm -hmm. of them. And you'll see some Colorado starts to come in there as well as North Carolina. 
So where there's a lot of construction going on, especially in the South, there you're going to see plenty of HERS ratings happening. So now when it comes into the ratings themselves, what were some of the characteristics, maybe the, the aggregate data for the actual ratings? Yeah. So what's interesting, so we kind of split it up by single family and multifamily to look and sure, see right. what some of these differences yeah. are. And when you look at just the characteristics, so the average HERS index score last year was a 59 for both multifamily and single family homes. And for single family homes, they represented 77% of all ratings. And then multifamily, primarily low rise multifamily represents the 23% of ratings. But for single family, the average HERS index score was a 59. The average HERS rated home had between three and four bedrooms. Condition floor area was actually fairly large. 2,700 square foot was the average size HERS rated home. And between one and two floors, 1.6 was the average in terms of the number of floors in the home with an annual energy cost at $1,700. And I think what's even more important than that is that the average energy savings is $789 for a home that was HERS rated last year. And that does provide some CO2 savings and that uh, 2.6 tons is the average per home in terms of reduction in carbon. You say annual energy cost savings as compared to what would be the other metric, other homes being built or some kind of the... Yeah, so that's in comparison to the reference home. So the reference home for the HERS index is represents a home roughly from 2006, about the way a home would have been built in 2006 in, in accordance with the 2006 energy code. So that's what we use as the reference for our cost savings numbers. For those that like the detail climate zone kind of basis, where are they happening uh, in terms of climate zones? As is the case for new construction, a lot of building going on in the south. So climate zone two, which is down in the southeast, you're looking at Florida, South Georgia, Alabama, those areas in climate zone two, and then all the way up through climate zone three, which gets you roughly to the midsection of the country, climate zone three and four, and then climate zone five, a lot of that, you're looking like Great Lakes area into the Northeast, Northern Plains, or the kind of the Central Plains for climate zone five. So really, climate zones two, three, four, and five is where the bulk of construction is happening, and that's where the HERS ratings are. It really excludes kind of the far north climate zones in the U.S. and also the furthest south, talking like Miami. There's not a lot. The climate zone one is a fairly small area, so there's not even the opportunity to, for a lot of building to be happening. Yeah, yeah. So right. this gets in the part where I can see why the supplier's advisory board would be interested in this is because you actually start to get into detail uh, as you move through the report here and talk about the types of foundations and the way the foundations are actually insulated. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So we do, uh, there's a decent chunk of the report that looks specifically at the construction characteristics of HERS rated homes. And foundation types is one of them. And I saw a report from the National Association of Home Builders last year that kind of aligns with what we see for HERS rated homes. And about two thirds or so of HERS rated homes are built on a slab. And that seems mm -hmm. to be a fairly common trend in, in new construction right now is that builders are really turning, going to slab, slab on grade construction as opposed to either crawl spaces or conditioned basements or unconditioned basements or any basement at all for that matter. That's one of the data points we look at. We get into a number of insulation data points. So 
foundation insulation as well as wall insulation, continuous wall insulation as well as cavity insulation. So because this report, we're trying to just look at bigger trends, it's not always as easy to kind of read through. You know, in general, the wall insulation values, you're going to see this split between kind of northern versus southern states where the northern states are insulating at much higher levels than the southern states are. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So, and one of the things that stood out as a little bit more surprising was the above grade wall continuous insulation. Roughly uh, a little under three quarters of homes were shown to have some amount of continuous insulation on the walls. Now this one, we're actually going to take a little deeper dive into this particular data point because it's very possible the way that we've broken it down here that in the modeling software, the raters could be accounting for a sheathing or something like that as part of that. So it's actually showing up as continuous insulation because we take a value of basically, does it have anything in our value of 0.1 to an R of 0.5? That basically shows up as almost three quarters of homes, which seems a little bit higher comparison to kind of what the industry would be saying in terms of continuous insulation on homes. So we're going to take a deeper dive and look into that and see, is it really that there's some type of foam insulation on there or is the rater counting for the sheathing partially in their calculations? In any case, it's a good exercise to examine the data and really when you see these kind of trends which surprise you and maybe surprises warranted, maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need to look into. So can you go a couple more factors about construction types, construction elements? Yeah, there's a few more. You know, another one that was actually a little surprising too was radiant barriers. There's a little over a third, probably about 40% of HERS rated homes were using a ceiling radiant barrier, which was interesting that another data point that was a little bit surprising. I know that radiant barriers have been gaining some popularity, but it seems that some builders have really picked up on using that product in their homes and getting some credit in terms of the HERS index for it. We also take a look at windows, the U-factors and the solar heat gain coefficient for windows. And we really find that about two-thirds of windows installed in HERS-rated homes for the U-factor is coming in between a 0.31 and a 0.35. Kind of the similar thing for solar heat gain is a a 0.2 to a 0.25. That represents about two-thirds of the market. So we're seeing that most builders, about two-thirds, are really using the same windows in terms of U-factor and solar heat gain performance. How about the blower door test or leakage rates for envelope? Yeah. Something that's monitored Yeah, we take a look at uh, envelope leakage rates and find that in 2019, 80% of HERS-rated homes had an envelope leakage rate somewhere between two and five air changes per hour. And then even more impressively, there were about 3,000 homes that were able to achieve an air leakage rate of one air change per hour or less. So that was an impressive number. I, I suspect if we look back at the trends, we'll see that that number of one or less is the number of homes achieving that will continue to rise. So in the process of doing this, have you considered going back and looking at the data? I don't know what it takes to put together a study like this. Looking back at previous trends, just like say key data snapshots and looking at a trend over even since 2009 or something like that, look at a 10-year window. Yeah, so we have, and I did actually a session on it at the ResNet conference that took a look at some of these trends and some other trends back to 2013 to see 
what that looked like over time. And it's interesting to take that look. I didn't get into all of the details of uh, home characteristics back to 2013, but that is something that the Suppliers Advisory Board has been asking for. And so we are going to take a look at trends over time, especially when it comes to like mechanical equipment uh, has been of particular interest. What have been the changes in mechanical equipment and ventilation strategies over time from 2013 till now? So we will be digging a little bit more into the historical trends and the data with the Suppliers Advisory Board over the next year or so. So what was the name of that session? Maybe I could pick up a link and put it in the show notes. I don't recall the exact name. It was had something to the effect of data trends and hers rated homes. <laughs> and was that uh, 2020? Yep, that was at the 2020 conference, yeah. Very good. I, I'm sure I can find it. So any more characteristics you want to cover here? Yeah, so some higher level kind of mechanical system characteristics. We see that in terms of ventilation, exhaust only is still really the most common ventilation strategy. Although the use of the air handler, introducing the air handler in terms of ventilation is also increasing. And it represents a a fairly significant chunk of HERS rated homes that are using some type of ventilation system in conjunction with the air handler. And then we look at furnace and air conditioner efficiencies, and they basically follow what you would expect in terms of a north-south split, where you see a lot higher furnace efficiencies in the north and lower uh, air conditioner efficiencies, and then you see higher air conditioner efficiencies in the south and lower furnace efficiencies. Just because they're getting more credit, you're getting more efficient home by doing it that way. And so that's the trend we pretty much see. And another surprising one is that basically 90% of all HERS rated homes use natural gas for their furnace. For water heating, what was interesting is that, so 90% of HERS rated homes used natural gas for their furnace, but for water heaters, it was actually, it was not as significant. It was about a third of homes used actually electric water heaters. So they're using a natural gas furnace, but paired with an electric water heater. And we also saw there's some interesting breakdowns because we're doing a separate data project for the supplier advisory board and looking at trends in homes that are net zero or approaching net zero. And you see actually in those homes that are net zero or approaching net zero, the trend is toward all electric. And so there's significantly their furnaces, they're using heat pumps, they're using heat pump water heaters as opposed to natural gas, which is one of the trends we're seeing in those homes. And we hope to have that report published later this year that looks specifically at those really well-performing HERS-rated homes. I got the question pops into my mind, like the homes that get HERS-rated are probably some of the better built homes in the country, but certainly there are better built homes that don't get picked up, that aren't rated. Do you have a feel for where that may lie? Have you thought of that question? That's a good question. You know, so we do actually pick up Passive House, for example, and we also, their homes are in our registry, although we don't specifically designate them as Passive House. We do need a way to do that in the registry. We don't currently have the ability to know what home has been built to say the Passive House standard and what Mm -hmm. one hasn't. But we do also capture the DOE zero energy ready homes in our registry. And they've had a, although the numbers are fairly low, they've had year over year increases since that program started, which is a good sign. But there certainly are builders that are building efficient homes. And if they're not getting them rated, then we certainly don't know about it. The only homes that we have in our registry are those that have received a HERS rating. They do have to be completed by a certified HERS rater 
and then uploaded by that Raiders quality assurance provider. Got it. So what this goes back probably like to the really beginning here, but I think you mentioned 242,000 homes were rated in 2019. Is that correct? Yeah. So just shy of 242,000 homes were rated, which represents a little over 20% of all new homes built. Uh, that was my question. Last year. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yes. Yep. So trying to impress that that's a significant sample to say, and it's a, a national enough sample to say that this data has standing or bearing for looking at trends. That's right. Yeah. When you look at some of the biggest builders, so the leading builders of America represent really the largest production builders in the country. And every single one of their members is doing HERS ratings. So that represents a very large chunk of the market in terms of new construction and in terms of HERS ratings. You'd mentioned at the outset that there's a Freddie Mac study comparing some income and credit data that was blended with this data. What kind of insights did you get from that? Yeah, so Freddie Mac, we gave them a number of data points on HERS rated homes from 2013 to 2017. And they used that data to select a random sample of 70,000 HERS rated homes. And then they obtained data from one of the major credit bureaus and they used that data to determine five comparable unrated homes for the 70,000 in the sample. So in total, they analyzed about 450,000 properties. And what they concluded was that HERS rated homes on average, sold for 2.7% more than a comparable unrated home, and that homes with a lower HERS index score sold for about 3 to 5% more than homes with a higher HERS index score. So in other words, those homes that were the most energy efficient actually sold for 3 to 5% more than homes that were less efficient. So what was also interesting is from a, an underwriting perspective, the meaning the mortgage profile of the borrowers was also really good news for builders. And so they did find that homes with lower HERS index scores had even lower delinquency rates and that in general, borrowers of for HERS rated homes had better mortgage profiles. So they had owners that had a higher average credit score, meaning of their FICO score. They had a lower loan to value ratios and they also had a higher unpaid principal balances at the origination, meaning they're borrowing a higher percentage in comparison to the home value. And then they also had, in some cases, higher owner incomes and then higher neighborhood incomes when you look at the census track level. And then one of the other things that was also particularly interesting that really stood out was that for HERS rated homes, there were lower delinquency rates, even for homeowners that had really high debt to income ratios of 45% or more. Even for those HERS rated home purchasers that had high debt-to-income levels, they were still very low delinquency rates. And how about the uh, generational aspects of the demographics? For That was also included. That was pulled from Freddie Mac, right? That's right. Yeah. So one of the other real interesting perspectives that we were able to get from the Freddie Mac study is that they also looked, using the credit bureau data, they were also able to look at the characteristics of who's purchasing these homes. And they found that they took a look at the generational demographics and found that close to 50% of purchasers of HERS rated homes were part of generation X. So basically ages 36 to 54. So there were more purchasers of HERS rated homes within that generation than the overall mortgage market. 
in the overall mortgage market, there's about 37% of home buyers are in Generation X and close to 50% that are purchasing HERS rated homes. They also looked at millennials, so ages roughly 19 to 35, and about a third of millennials were responsible for purchasing HERS rated homes. And then seniors 55 plus represents about 20% of purchasers of HERS rated homes. There was some interesting demographics research that was also included there that was very helpful to see. So you're swimming in all this data. What does this tell you representing ResNet? Like what are the kind of key takeaways that you have as an organization? So starting with the Freddie Mac data, what that really told us was that for builders and for lenders, the credit profiles of those people that are purchasing HERS rated homes is really among the best in the mortgage industry. So that it's definitely a demographic that you would want to target both for by builders and for lenders in terms of the performance of those loans. That was really the best news that came out of the Freddie Mac study is that builders should want to do HERS ratings simply because the purchasers of those homes are well qualified. They're the purchasers that you want to be targeting when you're looking to sell homes. They're, they're tuned into that aspect, which represents other parts of their characteristics. Interesting. Yep. And on the other hand, builders, and I guess that they sort of covered that builders and raiders. That's the same sort of vibe that you can pick up from this data is about the kind of clients that will be presented, those that are interested in, in having their homes rated and interested in just the topic, I guess, of energy yeah. efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Those that are more educated on energy efficiency. And regardless, one of the things I, I think I did not include in, in the trends report, but is included in the Freddie Mac study is looks at the uh, educational attainment of HERS rated home buyers. And it's really across the board from high school degrees to advanced degrees in terms of who's buying. So it really has to do with their understanding and knowledge of energy efficiency and homes in general. I'll just interject uh, my uh, kind of editorial comment. So the more we are all educators of the public, the better off it's going to be for us. Yes. Um, you know, just where, wherever you can. I bring it up in the weirdest situations, as I'm sure I think you're kind of nerdy too, Ryan. <laughs> you probably bring it up in conversations and people kind of raise an eyebrow at you like, what is he talking about? Yes. Like, hey, don't give up. Don't give up, man. <laughs> yep. Got to keep preaching the good story. <laughs> the good stuff, right? And stuff you believe in, it's passionate about, definitely. Very good. This is enjoyable. We had a, a good conversation here. Any other points you want to speak about before we close on the topic? I hope that everyone has a chance to download the report and take a look at it. It really is a, a good overview of in terms of where HERS ratings are happening, how many, and then a look at what are the construction practices that these builders that are achieving good HERS ratings, how are they building these homes? And if anyone's interested in the Suppliers Advisory Board, you can also find information on that on the resnet.us website. Definitely. I'll grab links to the report, the SAB, in the show notes. So anybody listening can also go to the show notes, click on those links and get access to that information. Great. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Ryan, to talk about this topic. And uh, we'll look forward to having you back again, I'm sure. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Bill. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Rest Talk Podcast. If you're a pro in the building market, you'll want to surf on over to resnet.us professional to learn more, to join the email list. You can also find Resnet on Facebook or Twitter. Here's a quote that relates to today's topic. Go out and collect data, and instead of having the answer, just look at the data and see if the data tells you anything. That quote is by Stephen Levitt, an economist. 
If you're interested in feeding back to Resnat on what you heard here today or would like to see a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. Of course, if you've not subscribed, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to Res Talk. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spone and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk.